Hello and welcome to Connected, episode 366. It's made possible by our sponsors, Clean My Mac X, Squarespace, and Smile. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I am joined by Mr. Federico Vitici. Hello. Hi. How are you? I am good. How are you, my friend? I am very good. Yes. Uh, we're also joined ready by for the Mike show. Early, our other friend. Salute, Stephen. Ooh. Hello, other friend. Mm-hmm. How are you? Foarte bine. <laughs> what? I'm speaking in Romanian today. This is what oh, I decided okay. to oh, do. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. How much Romanian do you know? You just heard it, my friend. You got it. <laughs> oh, that's it. That, that's it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> when it comes to just like general conversation, that that was it. You got it. Other than that, it's the occasional word here or there. I'll work on it. Okay. I have some very exciting news. Okay. We closed out our St. Jude campaign. I'm going to read the exact number. $701,220.26. Man, I wish I had that hype button nearby right now. I don't know where mine is. I got a bell. There you go. I made the noise. (laughs) (laughs) It's incredible. Thank you so much to everybody that donated. We could not have uh, even dreamt of that number, Mm -mm. I feel like. I know I didn't. It's truly incredible. Um, Thank you. So here's the thing. September's a very exciting time, right? I woke up this morning and checked the fundraising page and then remembered that it was over. Mm-hmm. So I'm just looking for some excitement. You just want to feel alive again? Podcastathon again <laughs> next Friday. <laughs> oh, good luck. What if September was twice a year? Like, what if you had September one and September two? And that will let you do two podcastathons. Doesn't our calendar come from ancient Rome in a way that's your fault that we don't? Look, I'm not responsible for what my ancestors did, you know, killing each other off in a Colosseum. Like that's, that's probably you know. a good, good like just like a good general rule to take. Yeah, <laughs> I will also, I will also say I am not uh, responsible for what my ancestors did. Yeah. Oh yeah. Same. Yeah. Do you? Does America even have ancestors? <laughs> You're like four weeks old as a country. Yeah. Wow. There's some pretty. There's some pretty crappy stuff in those four weeks. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it was a pretty bad four <laughs> weeks as far as four weeks go. So here's the thing. During September, we gamify everything. Everything is exciting. And I just want to feel something again. So I have come up with something called the Connected Raffle. Wait, what is happening? Okay. What? I just want to state this. this whatever this is, oh, Stephen... Is, the, is this a secret topic? Okay. Stephen has decided to do this 100% on his own and has now has now branded something with the entire show. So maybe me and, me and Federico will not apologize for what Steven's doing, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I also don't know what's a raffle, so... Mm, okay, let me see. Can start from the beginning. You draw a number, and then you win. So like if, if we all had tickets, and Jason was on stage... Because Jason can pick a number out of a hat. He can't flip a coin, but he can pick a number oh, out so of a hat. Oh, so it's like a lottery? Yes. It's yes. like a lottery. Yes. Yep. Okay. So what I've done, I've broken today's show down into 11 components... And Mike, you need to have Dice by Peacock ready. We have done this before. We had an episode of a bunch of mini topics, and then someone had to choose mm. a number. Well, this time, anyway. Dice by Peacock is doing it. I've done all okay. the topics. I've broken follow-up into four sections, and I put the ads in. It's going to be fun. <laughs> 
This is amazing. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm the guy who doesn't who doesn't get any sort of game like. Try tr like try try explaining it again. Okay. Try explaining it again. Okay. So say that we roll a six, then we talk about tables in the craft app. Why? If we roll a ten, I read the Squarespace ad. All right, so hold on, hold on. Et cetera, et cetera. I need no, to try I'm and explain completely this. Completely lost. All right, all right, all right. So, Federico, what Steven's done is he's taken the show today and behind the scenes cut it into 11 separate chunks. So, where? Uh, but, this, uh, but we don't see it. Steven's done it. I just, oh, okay. I just now put we it see in it. the, we have it in the doc. So, he's taken 11 segments and put them together. And now, uh, I guess we'll be rolling what an eleven? Like, how do I go for eleven? There's an eleven side dice, right? No. Is there a twelve? Yes. Okay. Uh, I will break up. You need a twelve. iOS fifteen point one and tvOS. There you go. So we now have twelve things. And so, I what if we get the same number? Do we re-roll? Yeah. Yeah, because I can't read the Squarespace ad four times. I'd be in trouble with Carrie. So I, I, I absolutely adore that the ads are part of this. Because we could just, like, triple the ads in one go. Yeah. Probably. I, I actually don't know if we... We'll find out if that's a problem later on, I suppose. <laughs> Maybe we don't get paid for this episode. We'll see. And then I guess Steven can compensate me and Federico for his idea. I really enjoy this. This is a lot of fun. Good. Uh, so I guess I should roll the dice, right? Uh, yeah. And do it where you can hear it so you're not secretly, you know, behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I have to turn on speak dice. All mm -hmm. right. And play dice sounds. I don't know why it said D12. It's five is the answer. I'll try and see if I can... Oh, speak results. That's what I needed. Number five is what we're starting with. Okay. Some follow-up. <laughs> uh, the iPad mini is a great bathtub iPad. I put this in the, the, the show notes. Yeah. Which I thought would be fun for Federico because I would almost assume that he would naturally assume that you put this in there. Mm-hmm. But I have taken two uh, bathtub baths. I don't know why I said it like that uh, in, in the past couple of weeks. And I've used the iPad mini both times. I have like one of those things that goes over the top of the, the bath, right? That you can put things on. You know what I mean? Like it's like a little shelf. Yeah, I got one too. It's great. Yeah. And I've been, I have my iPad mini in there and uh, watching videos and stuff on it. It's really good because the big iPad, I always worry I'm going to knock it in the <laughs> into the bathtub. And is that, do you just watch things? Yeah. 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 I just watch things. I don't think you could read on it. I don't think I'd feel comfortable reading. No, you don't want to touch it because you're, if your hands are bubbly. So that's that. Federico's not really a bath person. He seems mm. noticeably silent in this section. Do you have a bathtub, Federico? I do. You do have a bathtub. I take, okay. Yeah. I, I use it. Oh, you I take don't a bath. Bring my yeah. I don't bring my electronics in it. Do you listen to things when you're in the bath? Or it's just like quiet time for Federico. Uh, it's just quiet time, yeah. Mm. Just a uh, relaxing time, you know. Mm. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I prefer to read like at night or when I'm just like, um, like an afternoon break uh, on the couch with my dogs. Like I don't, don't play games. I don't read books. I just lay there and usually fall asleep. Uh, you fall asleep in the bathtub. Oh, yeah, sometimes, you know, uh, light some scented candles. That's nice. Uh, wow, you're having the most bath. Yeah, that's like big, big time yeah. bath. Yeah, and we have... Mega, mega bath. You know, we have the, we have the, the like, the, the scented, like, the flavored, what, what are they called? The, the salts that they do. Bath salts. And yeah. Bath yeah. salts oh. and the different okay. colors. 
That's right. cool. Um, yeah, that's uh, yeah, but but no devices in the in the bathtub. No. All right. Should I roll the dice, please? Did you hear that? One. No. It's very quiet. All right. All right. Well, because the issue is I have to leave my phone off silent, but it's on Do Not Disturb anyway, so I'm sure it won't avoid people too much. That's fine. Uh, it was number one. All right, Mike, you want to tell us about uh, iOS 15.0.1? It shipped last week, and uh, breaking news, it restored the functionality for the mask unlock. No way. It totally did. Yeah, breaking news, it's back. Uh, Federico, are you on like 15.1 on your iPhone? Yes, I am on all my devices. In fact, why? Why? I mean, no, I don't. When I say, I was going to say, you why? Ask why? Like a why? But like, <laughs> it was more like why? Like, why do you? Why do you continue to keep the beta on now? Because well, you're not writing a review about it, you know. No, but I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna have an article about it. Um, it's always interesting to see like uh, what fixes and what features make it in the first point release. Yeah, I guess but point really, one is probably the one to keep it on for, right? Because that's like yeah. everything we didn't get to. Yeah, but there's also a, a matter of shortcuts is unusable in 15.0.1 uh, or whatever the stable is. Is it also, is it usable in 15.1? <laughs> <laughs> barely Uh, beta 3 just came out a few minutes ago before the show and I'm hoping that we're gonna get some more fixes in in shortcuts but it's bad it's very bad so that's part of the reason why I keep it on all my devices is at the very least it's got like a some minimal, you know, functionality added to the editor Mm -hmm. that makes it barely usable but like in beta 2, for example, I could not um, edit a shortcut on my iPhone at all mm-hmm. uh, because I, so one of my shortcuts had um, a little too many um, nested blocks. You know, when you drag in a block of actions in shortcuts and it gets indented in the editor? Like it, like it's sort of like it. It's slightly indented to the right side of the screen. While well, you add enough of those, and basically all my actions had disappeared into the right side of the editor. <laughs> They're just tucking them away in there, man. They're tucking them away. They were hiding. It's like, no, don't <laughs> so you touch us. Yeah. Don't modify us, please. <laughs> <laughs> Enough with the base sixty-four. <laughs> uh, but so I had to use my iPad, but the iPad had different bugs. So it's been challenging challenging to work with shortcuts lately. Mm. I'm hoping that Beta 3 makes it better. Uh, I have like a weird thing on my iPad where just like one shortcut that I use a lot isn't working, but it works on every other device that I have. I think I shared this with you. And I get this weird like NS Coco. Oh, John gets the same error. I and I tried I'll... doing what you suggested to me, which was to reset all the work. privacy. That did not work, no. Uh, you you know what you and John see, have in common, Mike? You run Federico's beta shortcuts. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's broken something somewhere. John gets NS file provider error domain on his iPhone. So mine is uh, something else. I want to see if I can. Re- I know I put it in an uh, iMessage thread. Please include steps to reproduce. I don't. Want, I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's like NS. Wow, man, this is gonna take me ages to it's find. Fine. Uh, um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully this gets better in beta three. Um, NS Coco error domain three eight four zero. 
Ah, sure, the that one. And yeah. then it just says, open the shortcut for more details. There's no details. And there are no details. There's, There's no, no details. details. I know. It's like, open for more details. You're like, yes, there are more details. <laughs> now I can finally understand. And then you tap it and nothing happens. Zero details. <laughs> like, all this is supposed to be doing is uploading a PDF to a to a Dropbox file. <laughs> file folder. That's all this is supposed to do. <laughs> so all this does is I get a PDF and it's like a receipt. And I just want to upload it to Dropbox and <laughs> does not. And this is what I'm left with. So shall I roll the dice again? Please. Four. Four. Yeah. Okay. Follow up. Swift UI. Why is all the follow up at the beginning? Because Mike, that's it, supposed Mike to are be. you playing us? You can hear it. What do you think I can do that? <laughs> it's silent. It is. I cannot hear it. Oh, really? I mean, yeah. uh, I could try, try turning it up. My yeah, and stick the thing right in the microphone. Now. Come on. All right. Well, it, it was four. Four was the number. Okay. I can show you a screenshot if you want it. If this show goes perfectly in order, I'm going to be v- extremely disappointed. I mean, it's not perfectly in order. We've got one, five, four. Yeah, but we've done I did have a thought up. a minute ago, by the way, that when we get down to the back half, there could be a lot of dice rolling until we get the numbers that are left. Well, oh, I, might I know. Have to work out how to fix that. The- oh, you know. Okay, great. I thought through this. Okay. We spoke about Swift UI and how uh, it seems like maybe it's really good for some types of applications, but not ready for others. Uh, I got a really nice email from our friend underscore David Smith, who is probably, in addition to the, being the world's most educated developer about Apple Watch development, he probably also has the most popular Swift UI app in Widget Smith. I think that's probably fair to say. Like, who else has got uh, an app bigger than Widget Smith that's entirely in SwiftUI, right? Like, I mean, that feels no pretty fair. <laughs> I can't imagine that, that anybody does. Yeah, so I'm going to read a little bit about he, what he wrote, because I think it's it's really good. I could have so, said shortcuts in iOS 15, but, you know, that's the that's the joke. <laughs> so <laughs> I bet more people use Widget Smith. I think so, too. Hmm, interesting. Okay. You think so? What I that there was a clar- a clarification. That I think I wrote this down in my notes somewhere. Independent was the, but because okay, you know, okay, there's, okay. there's I'm sure there's other apps on on uh, iOS that are written in SwiftUI, but as a, as an independent app, like non like a developer has no say over SwiftUI, right? Like can't call someone in the SwiftUI department to ask them why this isn't working, you know. So underscore wrote SwiftUI is absolutely ready for production and is capable of delivering robust user experiences. Then he talks about how he uses it in Widget Smith and how it's been excellent for him there. Uh, SwiftUI also has profound limitations. This is what I really liked. It possesses a constrained circle of competence, a limited area of features and functions that is able to do an adequate job of performing. If a developer ever steps outside of the circle of competence, then their users are severely punished and the experience will be awful. The circle expands every year, but if an app's features cannot be completely encompassed by what SwiftUI can do, then there just isn't an appropriate tool for the job. This was funny for me. Like when I was reading this, uh, I, I was reading this, I was thinking, oh, Dave's disagreeing with us. Like because the, the first point it's like SwiftUI has been excellent that, and uh, for me the um, mm-hmm. and enabled a wide range of features that would have taken dramatically longer to create in traditional UI kit. I was like, oh no, I've upset Dave. And then he's like, oh, by the way, <laughs> <laughs> if you do anything even a little bit more than the than it wants you to do, it will punish you. And I think that this is a good example because what we were trying to get across last week, I don't know if we did a good job of explaining it, was 
the main issue seems to be if you take an existing app that people use and know and then decide you're going to make a SwiftUI version, you will cause pain. Like if it's complicated and you decide you're going to move it over, things aren't going to work the same. And I think that was what we were trying to get to. And as we, we've been, it's a running joke now of the episode, Shortcuts is a good example of this, right? Mm-hmm. It was a very complicated existing application that they moved to SwiftUI. And it got some really nice features and some nice design stuff. But there is a yeah. bunch of problems with it. Yeah, that's really the... Uh, and also what, what Dave says about the circle of competence, like what we were saying about complex experiences and complex apps, like when you have this tool, this productivity tools usually where you have all kinds of different controls, right? Uh, and you have all like shortcuts. Again, look at shortcuts. You have multi-window, you have different multitasking states, you have drag and drop, but also copy and paste. You have context menus, then you have uh, sliders and you have drop downs and you have model windows. Like you have all kinds of controls overlapping with each other and having to coexist within the same editor experience, it's a complicated experience. You know, this is not like a, a wallpaper app or something, or, you know, a utility to let you pick a watch face. Like, this is a complex uh, programming tool, right? And they decided to move from the previous version to the SwiftUI version, and that's been causing a whole bunch of problems to existing users. Like, users didn't demand a, a framework rewrite. Users would just wanted to keep using shortcuts and maybe have a bunch of new actions. So it's it, the problem is you are forcing your internal decisions, your in- technical decisions upon users. And it's not like shortcuts in 15 is this major upgrade, right? I mean, mm-hmm. like as we've seen in my review, like sure, there's a bunch of actions. The files actions are welcome, but they haven't revolutionized. And I think it looks... Like visually, just when it is working right, looks way nicer and cleaner. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you needed to change to SwiftUI to do that. And I wonder if they would have done it at all if they weren't bringing it to the Mac. And the the, the Mac version on Monterey is just a disaster visually. I mean, yeah. lots of weirdness, yeah. lots of broken things. And we're... It's October. Like, we're pretty close to when Monterey's probably going to ship. I mean, I think mm-hmm. it'd be in the next four to six weeks. I just I just don't know why they felt like that it had to go down this road. Um, I saw screenshots of the Mac version sent to me by John, who was testing some of my shortcuts a few days ago. It's, it's bad. Like, mm-hmm. it's in a bad state. Like, alerts that are empty and spanning the full height of the display or just contextual menus that appear in the wrong place um shortcuts that don't open at all like it's it's uh, at least as of beta 8 which again beta 9 came out a few minutes ago we cannot test it but as of beta 8 um it was not good it was not nice and it's um slightly concerning i think yeah, and as as uh, Jason points out in the Discord, was Catalyst not an option? <laughs> like, it's just sitting right there. I don't know. I'd love to hear what went into this decision. And I think I think Federighi said this on an interview. Maybe I'm just making it up, but, like, someone said it, that by shortcuts using SwiftUI, it's like push SwiftUI in new directions, and they're, like, building things out just for the shortcuts team. But... It's not enough. Well, it was similar with Catalyst too, right? Mm-hmm. When Apple started making more of their apps in Catalyst, it pushes it. And look, and I agree with this. 
thinking, and, and I'm very sure that SwiftUI is going to be everything to everyone in the future. But the point that we were making last time and continuing to make today is that I'm not sure that that time is now. And if you make this decision, you've got to make it real careful because if you commit to this, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, how long is it going to take them to fix the issues that you're seeing in shortcuts? Like, it, could it be fixed in a month or is it going to take a year? It's like they forced you to move into a new house and construction is still going. And you're like, mm. I was perfectly fine where I was and now there's this whole big mess around mm -hmm. me. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know how long it'll take, right? Um, nobody knows, really. Like maybe it won't be long, right? Maybe, who knows? Maybe it won't but, be. Maybe, maybe it won't it be long. Be. But it's not, you know, we keep, every year we, we have these discussions about how like, oh, this is the year that people discover shortcuts, that regular people discover shortcuts and it becomes approachable uh, by the masses. And you have to wonder, like, what's the first impression if when people upgrade their devices, they see this and they think it's their fault, but it's not their fault, right? Um, it's bugs in the app. What's the kind of first-run experience that you get from that? And also there's a whole other argument to have here, like, is Apple still really chasing that uh, dream of let's make programming approachable to the masses? Uh, have they given up on it? Um, because on the one hand, like you don't see any meaningful improvements in terms of like um, shortcuts on the Apple Watch, for example, or shortcuts in Siri. Like you don't have changes for those features that are in theory like the mainstream flavors of shortcuts, right? Uh, but then you see some power user improvements on iOS, HyperOS, the Mac version, right? All the automator stuff. So is Apple like accepted that there's only so far they can go when it comes to making shortcuts more approachable to regular people? And that's a different discussion. Uh, what we have here is a problematic rewrite of an existing app that does not make for a good first impression, right? Yep, but also like only 20% of people appear to have updated to iOS 15. So there's also that. Like I was checking out like the latest numbers from Mixpanel yesterday. I keep a note of it, these adoption rate numbers uh, throughout the whole year. And uh, iOS 15 is considerably lagging behind 14. I mean, obviously, right? 14 had the new home screen and widgets. 15 in comparison has nothing. So it's not surprising that only 22% of existing users have updated to 15. Also because if you go to the software update screen on iOS 14, Apple is not really pushing that upgrade. There's only like a small link at the bottom that says, oh, iOS 15 is also available. So it's a complex conversation and maybe Apple is enforcing these updates because there's a whole bunch of problems, right? Not just in shortcuts iPadOS has its own share of problems, for example. Like, there's still no way to reopen a window that you have accidentally closed from the shelf. Like, just to name one problem. So maybe these updates aren't being pushed so aggressively because Apple knows that they have to fix a few things before. And maybe in a couple of months they'll go, oh yeah, iOS 15, big splashy, you know, uh, screen in settings, go update now because all the bugs have been fixed. I don't know.
All right, you ready? Yes. D12, six. Steve Jobs. <laughs> That's such a strange okay. transition. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, this week were marked 10 years since the passing of Steve Jobs, which is... These things, they always, they have, I think they have a way of creeping up. Like one, I never remember. It's around this time of year. And also, I kind of can't believe it's been 10 years. Mm. Um, and there's been a bunch of things. Like I'm going to put some links in the show notes. Uh, one, Apple put a video on their website. Uh, somebody put it on YouTube. I'll put that in there. Johnny Ive wrote a really nice article, editorial, uh, I think in the Wall Street Journal magazine. This is the first time I've ever read anything in Apple News. It's freely available in Apple News in its entirety. I guess if, or maybe like I get Apple News Plus, I don't know. Maybe because I'm on the iCloud premiere thing, whatever they call it. Uh, Tim Cook obviously wrote a memo to stuff. And Scott Forstall had a very nice tweet, which I actually want to read because it's just a tweet. Um, it just kind of, it, I found it's kind of touchy and I think we all did 10 years ago today I lost a mentor, colleague, collaborator, design partner and most importantly a friend when Steve Jobs left us too soon he had an incalculable effect on everyone he impacted which as far as I can tell is everyone on the planet Like that is such a beautiful that's a line tweet. that's like yeah. so good and Johnny Ives like I don't even know if I can read quotes from that because it gets me. Like you can feel in every word that he writes his sadness. I think, um, and 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 that that one it, that uh, it's a very beautiful article. I recommend people watch uh, read. Sorry, uh, but it is. I don't know. It's 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 tough. That video has now been taken down, by the way. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know that the YouTube video that you put in the link, Stephen? Uh, yeah. put in the notes, Stephen? Yeah, Apple, I think Apple's Apple's uh, taking care uh, of that I one. I think Tim Cook had a tweet with it embedded. Maybe we can put that in the notes. Oh, great. I'll find that and put that in there, too. Yeah, it's it's Do hard to wanna... believe it's, yeah. it's been a decade. Yep. It, it really is. And, I mean, I think people in our community, like, everyone has a different connection to Steve Jobs, and I think some people more than others, but... There's no doubt that he left an impact on, on all of us, and and uh, and that I think Apple is his greatest creation, right? Not any individual product, but the machine that makes the products. I think it's what he really focused on towards the end, and you know we all get to continue to benefit from that. Yeah, this makes me feel weird. Um, I don't like to think about this. It was also not a good year for me. Like ten years ago, that's right. Uh, before I was diagnosed and this was happening. Oh, really? Like, yeah. So huh. uh, not not a happy year at all. Um, but I can't believe it's 10 years already. Wow. That's, uh, and yeah, that Johnny Ive article is beautiful. So mm-hmm. go check it out. Um, you can click the Apple News link and it takes you to Apple News and you can read it for free. So uh, at least that worked for me and I'm not an Apple News um, subscriber or anything. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what to say about this, to be honest. It's it's not the same, you mm. know? Like, Apple's not the same? No, that's not what I mean. Yeah. yeah. No, but yeah, like, in the- <laughs> yes, they, that is obviously, like, obviously true, right? Like, it is, you cannot argue, right? But it, that would be the same for anybody that has passed away who worked at Apple, you know? Like, it's not the same because he's not there. But, like, I just mean that, like... Because the problem with saying that is people are like, yeah, you know, Tim Cook sucks, and it's not what I'm saying. No, it's not that. 
right? It's, it's, it's not that. The, the point is, it's like, so you watch that video, right? That, that Tim Cook tweeted. Everything just feels different. The presentations are different because he did them, right? Yeah. And it's not that the products are, are better or worse, but it's because there's been stuff that's better and stuff that's worse, the same as when he was there, right? Like, there were bad products when Steve Jobs was in charge. It's just different. And I don't know what they, what Apple would be like now if he was around. They wouldn't be what they are now. And I think that there's some good and some bad in that, you know? But it just feels it just feels so strange because he could have he would still be doing it, you know? He would still be coming out on stage and doing part of the presentation. Like he would still be there doing it. And that kind of I don't know, that makes me feel a little mm. weird. I feel like um more than other companies who's public figures have passed away. I feel like in Apple's case with Steve, it's it's unlike anything else because his persona was so deeply embedded within mm-hmm. our idea of the company before. Like, And I'm going to give you an example. When Satoru Iwata passed away, the former president of Nintendo, that, like, honestly, that still sucks, right? And I still think about it because, like, me growing up, Satoru Iwata was the example of like the game developer who became the president of Nintendo. And mm-hmm. if you've never watched any of Satoru's presentations, there's a really good one from the Game Developers Conference that I highly recommend you go check out. Um, but the thing is, Nintendo still feels Nintendo, right? Nintendo still has that quality that is... It's a, la- it's, it's a separate layer from the persona, right? And I don't know if this was like, the, like Nintendo as a company managed to isolate itself from the public persona, right? And come up with the Nintendo spirit, the Nintendo touch, call it whatever you want to call it, that doesn't depend on a single individual. But in the case of Apple, you can tell the difference because the company itself, every single aspect of it, was depending on this public figure, right? The idea of the, you know, the director, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, having his say on even like the smallest details. And with that person gone, the difference is so much more stark compared to a company like Nintendo, for example, where you can... And not to say that this is, that, that Apple is bad now, right? We're not saying that. In fact, the products are even better. Maybe, like, the iPhones are better, sure. Um, but you can still look back at those days with nostalgia and say, not that things were better then, but they were a certain kind of things, and those things will never be again, and that that's the problem for me like that era will never be again right Th- that's what that's what gets me it's a moment that was in time and mm-hmm. then it was over i think like what makes steve jobs or what made steve jobs different even when you compare him to someone like uh Iwata, there's like a bunch of things like one he was the founder right yeah and i think that that spirit just lived through him he created the company and that was intriguing right in a way right because 
And then he had his story, right, of leaving and then coming back and saving it, right? And that's like a whole thing. And then also, the guy was incredibly gifted at what he did. He was very, you know, he, he really knew how to make interesting products or to help people, like lead people who can make interesting products. And he was also a really good presenter, like probably the best. And that may, those, those three things and probably a bunch more, I think led to like, why is he seen so different to many other people? You know, and it's also worth remembering that like this whole thing that we have now of CEOs giving presentations, it comes from him. There is literally zero reason that the CEO of any tech company should be the one to give the presentation. It doesn't make any sense that it would have to be that person. But everybody does it because Steve Jobs did it. Yeah. Right? And, like, you can, you can see it. Like, Tim still does it, but Tim's not as good as many of the other people they have now, which is why his role is, like, tiny now compared to how it was when Tim took over. Tim used to do way more of the keynotes than he does now. I think that that role has shrunk over time. But like, yeah, he he defines so much of what is in technology and defines so much of how other companies run themselves. It's, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's just one of the many things for why people miss him. Can you imagine how Steve would have dealt with a remote events with the pandemic? Like, <laughs> I was thinking about this. Like, I was just thinking, like in general, like what would Steve? What, what do I think Steve Jobs's response to just the pandemic in general be? And I kind yeah. of just it's it just funny to me. Uh, yeah, not that I think he'd be like <laughs> <laughs> like a denier, but like I could just imagine that you know company culture stuff. It all seemed to come from him, and I can imagine that he probably would have pushed to like. How do we get at least some people back as ASAP? Oh yeah. Oh, right? yeah. oh yeah, for sure. Like, like like which which Apple employees want to volunteer to live in this building <laughs> and we lock it down. <laughs> yeah, know? something like that seems mm-hmm. plausible. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also wonder what do you think Apple as Apple has become a more political global global power? Like I don't think he would have gone to the White House under the last administration. <laughs> well, I don't think it I just don't think it that they would be. Like, they would be massive, but would just not participate in any of it, good or bad, you know? Yeah. Mm. And that also means, like, Apple is a social good company. There's also that, yes. Right? I don't think many much of that would have existed either. But, like, we can never know now, right? Like, no. uh, and And there might be people that have a, a decent idea. They're not us. We didn't know the guy. No. We, we have no idea what we're saying. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-mm. And you got to be fair and remember there were lots of things about him that were pretty not good. <laughs> and problematic. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's roll the dice. Oh, I'm going to unlock my phone. All right. Nine. Amazon. Oh, my God. I was really hoping we were going to get to an ad. It's going to happen, man. They're all going to come one after another. All right. So uh, was it last week? Amazon had a product event and they've done these a few times and we've covered them on the show where amazon's whole thing seems to be like hey come to our event we have 70 products to show you right and and most of them you've never heard of before and we're gonna see which ones work we're not gonna talk about all of them but i'm gonna give a run through of some of the stuff they did and then i guess the thing that we'll stop to talk about is the robot okay yep (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, so uh, Echo Show 15. This is a 15-inch Echo Show. It's a 1080 screen. The idea of it meaning, meaning to be like a shared hub for families, and they keep showing it mounted to the wall, like a picture frame. Uh, includes a camera for video conferencing and stuff, $249. Interesting idea, which is, I guess is the way to say about most Amazon Echo products. Yeah, interesting idea. Right. Here's one that I think is maybe very strange. Echo Glow, which I don't get it. It's a video conferencing device for children. Uh, <laughs> features an eight-inch display oh, in portrait mode with a touch-sensitive table projector to play games, read books, and make art. So, like, it has a projector that mounts down onto the table and projects things which interact with touch. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Maybe I need kids. I, I can't get my head around this one. I mean, that feels like a pretty big commitment for one section of one podcast episode, but you do you. <laughs> Follow up. <laughs> I, I do I do want to back up to the Echo Show 15 for a second, because when I read about it, I was like, oh, it's like a thing you hang, you know, in your hallway. And it's like this big screen. 15 inches isn't very big. It's like nailing a MacBook Pro to the wall. It's like, it's, it's. Too small to be useful. I mean, it's not small. But it's not... I mean, have you seen a TV? Like, it's not big. Yeah, but I wouldn't want an Echo the size of a television. Maybe. That's too big. I don't know. Just the 15 inch just sort of, like, made me chuckle. It seems like a weird size. Here's what I'll give you. All of the images that they show make it look bigger than it is, I think. Or, yeah, like, there's the one where it's, like, in the dining room. It's like, is that dining room really a closet? Like, there's just, like, a tiny little space. <laughs> I'll give you that. Like that, what they're meaning to say is you mount it on the wall, but I think you might be right, and that still at 15 inches, that might be too small to be what they imagine it to be, right? Which is something you just walk by and see every now and then. It's like Michael Scott's television. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. It's just like that. Uh, Halo View. Halo is their line of fitness products. Um, It's it's this is like a Fitbit. This one. And Amazon is creating something called Halo Fitness, which is a fitness plus like service, like a you know, like everybody's doing now. So it, this is, I think, this is the next part, right? So they all got into TV. Now they're all getting into fitness streaming services. Okay. Uh, Amazon had one of these before that kind of like listened to your voice to judge your mu- mood a little bit. Like, and this one has had the mics removed, so it's not got any microphones on it. Thank goodness, because that's super creepy. Like the constant listening to see how they think you're doing. Yeah, it's like, you seem angry. It's like, yeah, I'm angry. I'm wearing a a Halo Fitness device. Hey, Disney. This is a Disney-themed Alexa experience, they call it. Um, this is something that you anybody can enable on their existing uh, Echo devices, but you have to pay for it. They're also selling a Mickey Mouse stand for an Echo Show 5 to make it look like it's Mickey Mouse. This is going to be in all Disney resort rooms. That's why they've done this. I stayed in a hotel once that had an Echo in the room, and you could control like all the lights and the shades and all that kind of stuff with it. I think this is smart. Like people go to hotels to stay in the hotel and they get introduced to what it could be like to have this thing in their home. I think that's what they're partnering with Disney for here, right? Like we'll create this thing for you. We'll make a little thing that looks like Mickey Mouse and then you can put them in all of your rooms in all of your hotels all around the world and then millions of people will be exposed to our uh, functionality. Uh, Amazon's making a smart thermostat. Of course. Mm -hmm. They've opened invites for the Ring camera drone. Do you remember this? Yeah. So this is, it's got a little base station. 
Yeah. That you like sit on your counter or like on your side table or something. Mm-hmm. And when you're not home, this little like quadcopter with a ring camera on it flies around your home. It keeps an eye on things. I don't think it does it on its own. I think something has to happen for it to do that. So like if you have an alarm like sensor tripped in the house, like say you've got like the upstairs window, then the then then it pops out and flies upstairs. This seems weird, right? But yeah. if you think about it, it means you don't need to put cameras in every room, which is better. I mean, until the bad guy like just knocks the drone out of the sky and then steals your TV. Yeah, but you've got the image of him. It's the same as someone can just pull a camera off the wall. You still have a flying drone inside the house, though. Yeah, but what I'm saying is I don't I think that it's easy to assume like to think of this as creepy, but it could actually be quite useful. Because, like, why is this different to put in cameras in, like, multiple rooms of the house? Because it flies. It's but creepy. what's wrong with that? What's wrong with the flying? It's creepy. It's a drone inside. Why is that creepy? Like, inherently, I'm just intrigued. Because you have a, fl- because you have a flying object that, I don't know, if, imagine if things go, things go wrong and there's a bug and this thing starts flying around the house. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. If things go wrong with the camera... Nothing happens. It's a stationary device. Here you have at least a, a component of risk of this thing thinking on its own and saying, I'm just going to go for a stroll. Yeah, I feel like house. I could beat this thing in a fight, though. It's only small. Yeah. It's just like a ring doorbell with a little propeller on the top. <laughs> I don't know. I am, as we'll see in this conversation, I am very much against uh, moving robotics hmm. in the home. Okay, so there's a little so, teaser. What I'll say is when I first heard about this, I thought it was stupid. But over the course of this conversation, I'm kind of like, it's not that bad. One thing that, that's cool is you can set up uh, flight paths. And so you'd be like, Oh, fly by the stove and see if it's on, which is one of the examples. That's cool. Which is pretty cool. I definitely filled out the form to request an invitation, so maybe I'll get to do that. This thing is going to give dogs heart attacks, and, I'm, and I feel very sorry That's about this. That's probably true. Uh, it can also only fly... I'm just reading this now. Always Home Can can fly up to five minutes before needing to recharge. Yeah, but also, like, you're only doing this in emergency situations, right? Yeah. It's not just going to get up and patrol mm-hmm. on its own randomly in the afternoon for you. Yeah, you you think so. And it's only preset flight path. So if you say, I never want you to fly into my bedroom, or I only want you to fly into my bedroom, it will do that. <laughs> yeah, Look, I understand what you mean, Federico, but there are so many things that can go wrong, you know, and like them going wrong could... Co- like, for example, all of your echoes could just turn on the microphones 24-7 a day. Yeah, sure. Do you want that to like, happen? No, but it's it's a microphone. It's not a flying drone. But but it's not you know? like this isn't a drone with like a razor blade on the side of it. Like it could still like what if it starts flying at night and it falls on your head? I then, mean, uh, why should I go looking for tr- why should I go looking for trouble? You know? No. Yeah, okay. This is the smartest. Wanna... The next part. This Are next we seriously part. okay with an Amazon drone inside of our apartments? I'm so, I'm sorry, but like, why I'm are you be okay with multiple Amazon microphones in your house? Like, I I don't know why the drone one. thing is the issue. One, but you only have one Echo now. It's a. F- I have one Echo. Yes, in the okay. kitchen. Okay. It's I don't know. 
this crosses the creepy threshold for me, okay? Everyone has one, right? And I'm not saying that you're bad for for having it. Moving gadgets? Nope. I'm sorry. What do you think about Roombas? I don't have one. But, like, what do you think about them? I just want, what do you think about them? Unnecessary. Just vacuum clean yourself. That's my opinion. So, yeah. Fight me. I don't know. Uh, I'm not um, looking to fight you. (laughs) (laughs) No one. All right. Let me talk about what I think is the smartest thing that they announced the Ring Alarm Pro. It's a Ring Alarm base station with an Eero built into it. Yes. More of this, right? Like, if I'm going to put one box somewhere in the house, make it do a bunch of things, right? Mm -hmm. So why not put an Eero inside of an alarm base station? Put an Eero inside of the thermostat. But you know what I mean? Like let's 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 bring these products together so I don't have this stack of white boxes in the corner. Like this is very cool. I like that a lot. Did you also see you can get external batteries to keep the alarm online if the power goes out? Mine already. Ha- I have one. I have the ring alarm thing, and my it has that already. So I don't know if this is a different thing. This is, I think, in addition to that, so it can run for like hours and hours. Okay, um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I the, mean, the ring I've, alarm thing also has like a three G connection too, because the Wi Fi goes out. Yep, I've got one now. I've kind of gone all all in on the ring thing. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I think this is this is smart. I mean, we talked about this. With like the HomePod and like airport stuff. It's like, why couldn't Apple just make a thing that I put in my kitchen and takes care of a lot of different aspects of a smart home? And they're not there, but Ring is doing it. And Amazon owns all these brands. And so why not continue to put those things together? Astro. This is Amazon's. I don't think it should be called a robot, but let, let, we'll just call it that for the sake of it. Okay, so I'm going to give you the basics. This is Astro, okay? It's a home security monitoring system, in, and it moves around. It has a screen on the front and then a little base, and the base has some wheels on it. It doesn't have arms or legs. It just rolls around. Uh, it can map your home, uh, can recognize things, and you can send it from room to room. Um, because it has wheels, it can only be available on one floor of a home. And if there's any steps in that home or whatever, then it's going to not work. It can only stay where there's no stairs, right? Because otherwise it will be destroyed. Uh, Astro can recognize people. So you can deliver items to specific individuals because you can put things in it or on it. So you could, for example, put like a Coke and say like, take that to Federico and go into Federico and and Federico (laughs) would kick it. That's what what would happen. So Federico comes over and you say, hey, take this Coke to Federico. And it goes near Federico and he pushes it down the stairs and says, I don't know what happened. Uh, It has a periscope camera on it. So you could say like, hey, check if the oven's on and it would have because it's low down and it has a little periscope camera that comes up and can take a look at things that are high up can play music, play video, like any Echo Show kind of thing. It has a USB-C port built into it, so you can charge things from its internal battery. It has a recharging dock of its own. It can move around for two hours per charge, and then we'll go back and recharge on its own like a Roomba. Uh, the, t- the screen is a 10-inch touchscreen that shows a little face most of the time when it's not showing you something else. Uh, it uses, obviously, the uh, Alexa Assistant and has the voice of that one. Um, I read like a couple of articles of people that used it, and Carolina Milanese, I think, was was who made an interesting point of like it should have its own voice, which is I thought was a, a interesting point rather than the standard one because then it has its own personality. Uh, this thing's going to cost a thousand dollars if you are accepted for an invite to buy it. 
So you have to apply for an invite to buy it, $1,000. Then $1,500 is what the expected price will be later on. Nope. I'm sorry. And is this is this a similar thing of like you just don't like the idea of a moving mm, we've home gone too thing? far. We've gone too far. Like wh- <laughs> you don't you don't need a robot to hand deliver you a coke. Like you don't need it. Just move. Do, like you d- we have settled into this lazy lifestyle and we are lazy enough as a species, all right? Like we mm-hmm. have all the comforts in our Western society that we could possibly need. We don't need a robot on wheels that follows you around. Is there any kind of robot like that you could imagine you would want? Robots are useful in warehouses, mm-hmm. in science. Uh, like, for example, there's robots that do surgeries, for example. It's like, yep. robots have a place. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that this is, this is unnecessary. You don't need it. This is construction. Just your... I bet robots would be good in construction. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Construction site, be awesome. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's like I'm not against robots. I'm just saying that we don't need this stuff to fill our homes with flying drones and robots on wheels. Like why, honestly? Like so. Here's the thing. I pretty much agree with you when it comes to this thing. All of the stuff it can do. I don't know why I need something to do any of it. Right. Like I have a Roomba. That's great because I don't like vacuuming. Right. Goes around vacuums like fantastic. Plus, you could put a Coke on the Roomba to take to Federico. So you don't need a robot to do it. Very true. I could I could do that. Are people delivering Cokes to like other people on the same floor? So when I read that it could do this, I was like, why? Like, I don't think anybody needed this, it's but it's just a thing. a thing it can do, it's, right? It's, this is a made-up example. It because felt very much like, what can we make this thing do? Well, <laughs> we can, usually, it can recognize people, so I guess we can take, we can take things to it. Usually people just go to the fridge, and they open the fridge, and they grab a Coke. Like, usually. Now, but, you know. one of the things that I thought was interesting in this is like, these types of uses could be helpful for people who otherwise struggle with movement, right? And like all of us here, by the way, when we're saying who needs this, we obviously don't mean that, right? Like, Uh, sure. Right? Like we're going to call an amnesty on this. Like obviously if there are people that do require this kind of assistance, helpful for them. Similar of like... We shouldn't have to say it, but yeah. 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 Right. Like those are use cases where something like this could be great. But let's be real. That's not who Amazon's making it for. No. Right. Because they're making you pay a thousand dollars for it. Right. So like, yes, this could be useful maybe sometime in the future. But like right now, like this, this product is being made for Amazon to profit on it. And so like they are trying to make a product for the three of us to buy ultimately. Now, one thing I will say, actually, Stephen, what do you think about this? I I wouldn't want it in my home, but mm-hmm. I think if you did, it would be kind of a fun, weird thing. But I kind of, I mean, I don't, uh, I'm more on Federico's side, I think, than I thought I would be. It's like, I don't see really what purpose it really adds. Like, if this unlocked something that seemed really meaningful to a to a large percentage of the population, maybe I'd be more excited about it. But it's just basically a toy with a camera on it. I will make a counterpoint for our opinions right now, which is the Amazon Echo, right? 
when we saw that for the first time, we all laughed at it. Like, what do I need this thing for? It looks stupid. What? Like, you remember the weird ad that they did with the family? Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. And so, like, you know, maybe in five years' time, it could be really cool. But with the set of features that it has right now, I don't feel like I need this. Like, the one thing that I could consider as useful is the periscope camera thing, where, like, it could check if the oven was on. But ultimately, that's literally happened to me zero times in my life. You know, like, I, I think that those kinds of things sometimes are just used as like, a, oh, it can also check if this and this. And like, the, the, I think I, I read this in like a Verge article where they're like, well, it can't turn it off. So, you know, like it, it can't press buttons. So it can tell you the oven's on, but then you have to go turn the oven off. So, yeah. It's an in, it feels like a very incomplete, like every single thing it can do, there is a big problem with it. I do think, know? though, there is a line that that point of view doesn't take into account that a, a camera is fundamentally different than a microphone. And having something, to Federica's point, that has a camera that could be where you don't expect it to be yes, is a very different thing than even have a camera looking out your front window. Yeah, I think that this thing definitely makes the point Federico was was concerned about much more strongly in that Astro will just move around on its own, mm-hmm. which, and that's like an intended thing that this will do where the ring drone is supposed to only be in alarm situations. This robot, it's like whole thing is like, it just goes around and is there. And I think it, a lot of them will follow you, which I also don't, I'm not comfortable with. Yeah. I mean, good luck to them. They've done a bunch of things, right? So they yeah. they also have done glasses. So you know, we'll see what happens. And for me, this is a you know a step too far. I'm sorry. Like uh, it's not because it's Amazon. Could be Facebook. Could be Apple. For could be could be Google. Like there's a step too far for me at this point with these things. Um, and when it comes to uh, electronics that move and or fly or follow me around and have cameras no um i'm sorry like it's why i think um headsets are creepy and weird and like no no it's, like ar glasses type things you mean right yeah. no yeah. like no not not for me um i try to have less technology in my life not more and like obviously the tech industry wants to go in the opposite direction because they want to make more money and they always need to make more things, all the things. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm good here. Thank you. Let's roll. Okay, here we go. Six. Did that. Yep. Three. Oh my God. Follow up. <laughs> We're never going to do the ads, man. <laughs> Fonts on iPad OS. So Federico, you mentioned... That fonts didn't move over the way that you migrated your devices. And I realized that I don't know much about fonts on iOS and iPadOS because I don't use any custom ones. Could you give us a quick explainer about how this works and maybe why people should be interested? Yeah, Apple introduced a native API, I believe, for font provider utilities a couple of years ago. I think it was iOS 13, maybe. Um, Nobody is really using it. I think the idea was that with this API, um, font companies would be able to release like official apps on the App Store. 
so that so that you can natively buy and install fonts uh, from the App Store. I think I've seen like maybe like two apps two years ago for this. Does Adobe have one? Maybe they added that feature to that uh, to their creative um, cloud apps. Maybe, and I think we wrote about it. I think John wrote about it on Mac Stories. Um, but like those app, like that doesn't solve like when you think of custom fonts, like that doesn't solve the the problem that most people like us and the people who listen to Connected have, which is I have a font file and I want to install my own custom font on my iPhone and iPad. That's not what these apps do. If you want to do that, because those apps like they come with pre-installed fonts and they offer those fonts to the system. So that, for example, if you install an Adobe font, you can use the same Adobe font in Pages, right? Because the two apps are using the same font picker API. Whereas what people want to do is, I just want to use a custom font. Like I want to install, I want to manually install, I don't know, SF Mono, for example, um, which is not available uh, via the system-wide font picker. Um, how do you do that? And if you want to do that, you still have to use the old system, which is based on installing like a custom profile on your device. And these days, the best uh, way to do so, in my opinion, is font case, which those have, who have been long you know, <laughs> uh, around long enough on Twitter may remember font case as a different thing from back in the day. Uh, it was a desktop third-party font utility um, that's not around anymore. Now, font case today is an iPhone and iPad utility that lets you install fonts via the old profile-based installation method by just picking font files from a files picker. So what I do is I keep my fonts in iCloud Drive and I use FontCase to install a custom profile to make those fonts available in all of the apps that I want to use on my iPhone and iPad. Um, but because profiles, they do not transfer over when you set up a new iOS or iPadOS device. That's what I was complaining about last week. Mm. Uh, profiles, they stay on the old device. They do not move over. And that meant that my custom fonts were not following me around on the new device because uh, the profiles, with the, the profile is basically a file that contains the font and it gets installed in settings. It doesn't get transferred over, which means no custom font. So if you want to have custom fonts on a new device, you got to start over and do the installation method from scratch. Um, so yeah, you can have native font providers, but they don't let you load custom font files that you may own because maybe you're you know the kind of person like me who actually purchased a license for a specific font that was the the dream right when they announced that they were doing the font thing like font book on on the mac where you just mm -hmm. double click a font and it installs you know quite easily or that a third party app would let you do what you wanted right like it could hook into the api you load a font in there and it just appears you don't need to do this whole like uh profile thing which is really annoying and the thing that i'm trying to confirm now so they moved right the where you can find the profiles that you have installed in in ios it used to be in settings general now i have no idea where it is anymore because like there's like a device something something place 
like it's like a something on profiles or something like that. So the thing that I want to confirm is VPN uh, and device management inside of general settings. That's where general profiles live. VPN. So yeah, um, what's unfortunate about the old uh, font installation method, the one based on the profile, is that these fonts they do not show up in settings general fonts. That's the downside. Uh, that fonts page that was added a couple of years ago, that's only for the official, if you will, uh, font apps from the App Store. Um, but if you want to do what we were talking about, which is I want to use my custom fonts, uh, you got to use the profile method, and those fonts, they do not show up in settings, um, which is a shame. I think the other thing people were hoping for too, right, was just like... A font foundry would create an app and you could just buy a license but like it's just not their business model they don't care right and i don't doubt them like i don't blame them why would they no care? they don't want to give apple 30 percent when people can exactly. just go on a, on exactly. a web browser and buy those fonts and i'm so. sure this is what apple hoped people were going to do too right yeah so it's uh not happening so yeah all right here we go again four did that mm-hmm seven oh geez Tables and craft. <laughs> so this is something we've been asking for for a long time, the note-taking app craft to get tables. It's a start. I hope it's a start. Uh, <laughs> I hope that this isn't it. I mean... <laughs> you say start with a very interesting tone, Mike. Why, why well, because I like... don't know if they think that it's it, right? Like, th they, ah, okay. they have referenced in, like, you know, uh, we want to see how you use them and hear about how you use them. So here's Mike Hurley telling you, if, if anybody's listening. Uh, so there are no sorting options in the tables. So you can create a table inside of a note. It's very easy to add one. They've got all the features that you'd want for creating one, right? You can add and remove rows and columns really easily. Uh, but there's no sorting options, so you can create a, a, a column, but you can't sort that column in any way. The, it, there isn't an easy way to rearrange the rows. So, like, you can't, like, click and drag or tap and drag a row. It's, you know, Stephen, I know you, you've got in the notes that you found a, a way to do it. Yeah, you've got to go into the little more menu and then it's like move column left move column right move row up move row down and you should just be yeah. able to grab it and it lift off and, and move you, it you know move them around the way that that iWork does it i think iWork is is the app to copy here yeah i mean even google sheets does it does it pretty okay to be honest um and apple notes does it too like but i don't i don't know if this is possible to do on ios at all Okay, hold on. If you double tap something, I just I just saw edit rows and columns. There we go. All right, so you can long press on a cell and it will bring up the menu to do that. Anyway, not easy. And moving one at a time is not great. Um, large tables become scrollable. They don't, you don't get like, it doesn't continue through the page. So like a craft document is an infinite page, right? You can just keep adding stuff to it. But when you, when a table gets beyond a certain level, a certain set of like uh, rows, the box becomes fixed in height and then you have to scroll through the table. I don't want that. Do you understand what I'm saying? So like, say it's 20 rows once you get to like 21, 22, 23, you have to scroll the table. It doesn't just continue to grow down the page. 
I don't know why they've hmm. fixed the height of a of a of a chart or whatever you call it. Does that am I making sense? Yeah. Okay. Right. So I have some large tables, and I want to be able to see all of the information in them just by scrolling through it. Like it's just scrolling down the page. It's like arbitrary maybe, but I don't know why they've fixed it. It, I've never used uh, an app that does this. Notion doesn't do it this way. Notes doesn't do it this way. I don't know why there's the need to like treat it like it's this block which has a restrained height and width. And then it has to be scrolled. Like it's, they're not scaling it in a way that I would want. Um, Overall, the whole thing feels pretty delicate. Like it feels very 1.0E. So, I hope that they do more, like basically what I want is sorting options. I don't want them to cap it and I want better ways to move the data around inside of the, the, the chart or the table, whatever you call it. Yeah, I don't I, I, I don't uh, use ta- uh, tables. Um, I use Craft for uh, collaborative documents. I actually like the widget a lot because you can, uh, you can install multiple widgets and have different workspaces. Um, yeah, it's nice into widgets, so that's very cool. Uh, but I don't... Like, what, what sort of data do you keep in, in tables, Mike? Yeah, maybe it's easy if I explain it. So also, well, one thing I forgot to mention, it doesn't do any calculations of any kind. It doesn't need to do that, but I would have liked it if it could have. So I'll give you the two things that I'm doing. So one thing that I do is uh, I have... So sales data of the Theme System Journal, I record the sales numbers every week, Right. So I go in every week and I add a new row and like, okay, this is a day and we sold this many. And then I'll say like, and how many is that over the previous week? And I just record that in there every week. I mean, and now, I mean, I have like a few, like a couple of months of data. So now I have to scroll it. Like I can't just see the whole thing. I now have to scroll it. The other thing that I like in the main thing that I want to do is to keep a list of all of the various keyboard parts that I've either bought or are on the way to me. And with those, like especially the stuff that I've kind of like I'm outstanding, I want to see the whole list like in in one go. I don't want to have to scroll through this list within the list. I just want to see it all there. And and like one of the things I like about Notion for this is I can sort by um, expected arrival date of the product. So I see the at the bottom of it, which is what oh, I could do at the top if I wanted to. The things that the the dates of delivery are expected to be sooner. And so, because you know, some, and the reason I do this is because some of the stuff that I buy, I'm probably not going to see for like another 18 months because they're products that need to be made. It's like a pre order kind of group, like a kind of pseudo Kickstarter type thing, the way a lot of stuff is sold. Mm-hmm. And so I like to be able to have all of that in just like a little uh, table that I can go through. And like, yeah, I could put it in a spreadsheet, but I didn't want to put it in a spreadsheet. And Notion does it fine for what I need. Um, and I'm probably going to stick with Notion, but keeping my eye on craft. Like I'm going to use, the, I'm going to continue using this table for like the tracking of the sales numbers of the Cortex products because I was putting it in a bulleted list before. So now I'll just put it in a in a table. Um, but I think that they could they could do a lot better to make that the, the data more maneuverable and also more clear. Got it. Okay. It feels very much like what it is, which is shoehorned into whatever they were doing before. Yeah, you know? yeah. That's what yeah, it yeah. feels like because that's what's happened. And, and I'm not criticizing it for it, but I, I'm very confident that there's a bunch of things that they could do. Like even like sorting is like one that really needs to exist, I think. Um, it kind of feels to me more that they looked at the way that you do it in Apple Notes than the way you do it in Notion. And they, they were mm. closer to replicating Apple Notes than Notion. And I think that was the wrong place for them to look. 
Yeah, I agree with all that. I'm all in on craft for my notes, and I'm excited to have tables, but they need to keep pushing it. Eight. Apple Watch pre-orders. Oh, man. Steven, <laughs> this isn't good, bud. <laughs> this isn't good. <laughs> Talk to James. Uh, okay. Uh, yep. Go on, then. Apple Watch pre-orders have been announced for this Friday, which is October 8th. You can uh, get up and order some Apple Watches. 5 a.m. Pacific, just like the iPhones were a few weeks ago. They deliver a week later on Friday the 15th. As of today, I just looked. They are not in the Apple Store app or on the Apple Store itself, so you can't make a favorite. You can't have uh, them pre-save for faster checkout. Maybe they're going to do that, but maybe not. Maybe if they really are constrained, they want to slow people down in ordering them. I don't know. My biggest issue right now is like I, it's not even very clear to see like what are all of the colors that are available. Like I can see all the aluminium, but like I can't see like what well, stainless steel ones do they have? Do they have titanium ones? Like you know? I mean, I you can you can see that on the product page, but yeah, there's not a store page for all that. It's very strange. But like they don't even really show it on the product page. Like if you look on the on the product page, it doesn't clearly show you like these are all the things we have available. Because they have all of the aluminium colors, but when you go down, you scroll down, you see like half of an image of some of the colors. So hmm. it's 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 very compl. It's like not very clear, but I don't know. Yeah. Are you two gonna order an Apple Watch? I don't know. Maybe. Do you want one? I think so. I think we're gonna get a. I think Sylvia wants one for sure. I haven't really looked into this. I think I'm gonna get the stainless steel one again. Um, do you get this the regular stainless steel? Yeah. Like I don't know if they do the colors like black. Or yeah, whatever. but I feel like this time I want to go to the Apple Store, um, and check it out in person. Like I don't care about getting it day one. I think now that we can go again, um, we we went to the mall today and that was super nice. Mm. Um, but now that we can go again, I think I'm just gonna go check it out for myself in real life. And see if there's a, like any other color that I like more. Mm-hmm. Steven? I'm going to get Mary one for sure. See, she's on a Series 5 on the small one. So the battery life is not fantastic two years in. Uh, and she's I'm going to do the Starlight for her. She has that on her phone and really likes it. And I showed her the other ones. And she's like, yeah, all these colors are bad. I was like, yep. <laughs> yes, they are. Uh, so she'll get an aluminum Starlight, the small one. I'm still on the fence. If I order, I'll do the titanium again, but I haven't made up my mind yet. I think I'm going to go with gold stainless steel, but I want to see it at least on the website somewhere. Um, But yeah, I don't know when I'm going to pick it up either, but I'm interested in it. I do think actually, Federico, this finally means that we can settle the fact that I have won the bet. Which one? That you bet that I would buy a, a Series 6. And what was the bet? I'm supposed to give you money? I don't think there was anything. The bet was just, you said I would do it, and I said I wouldn't do it. Interesting. And uh, the stakes, I think, are just, I know me better than you know me. Ah. Well, that was like, that's why I had this bet, to, you know, to make you feel good about the fact that you know yourself. I did <laughs> oh, for come you. on. You can't always win everything, you know. I just did, <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. You should thank me, good. if anything. Thank you so much for helping me truly understand myself and my own value. You're welcome. Two. Follow-up. Follow-up. TVOS. 
Okay, so TVOS, Logical Sky in the members' Discord said, I'm so upset that Mike's TVOS app review, and it's not an app, but so, you know, correct yourself, Logical Sky. Wow. Uh, TVOS review did not even mention the key feature of TVOS that they fixed the Apple TV and AirPlay interface. You can now see episode information, easily scroll and simply click the screen. So I had to look into all of this because this didn't make complete sense to me. So I did more research for everybody today. They have cleaned up the default video viewer. So if something uses the TV app or the, like the standard video viewer. So there are now when you go, like if you say you tap the, the circle on the, the remote or the touch thing, there are now buttons that exist. So there's, you've got like the name of the show itself, right? Um, and like the scroll bar and stuff. And then you have a subtitles button, an audio options button, and a picture-in-picture button. You can scroll over to those and click them. You can go down to the playhead, or then you can also go down, it can swipe down and get to like the information about the thing that you're watching, you know, where it's like, hey, here's the description of the episode, that kind of thing. Uh, I'm not sure why the, quote, audio options uh, button looks like a bar chart. It's uh, very interesting to me. Like, I don't know why that was what they chose. It's like a a visualizer of Mm -hmm. three bars. (laughs) But there's some stuff that's better. So I have some better uh, options for you. So you can bring these controls on screen by tapping the touch surface, as we always have, right, to bring up the controls. Or you can now just click the up button on the new remote. So you don't have to tap anymore. You just press up and these things will appear. Uh, and if you want to see the information about the show itself, you just click on the down button. You don't have to do the tapping and swiping anymore. You could just, from there being nothing on screen, click the down button and you'll see the episode information, get to chapters if it's got chapters in it, that kind of stuff. And because I obviously dropped the ball here, I've written another haiku. You can use buttons to control what is playing, not just the touchpad. Wow. So we can now close the book nice. on the TVRS review. I will accept no more on the follow-up. Uh, and it is now complete. It's beautiful. All right. You ready to listen to me roll the dice for a really long time? <laughs> yep. We need a 10, 11, or a 12. Okay. Two, three, <laughs> four, five, <laughs> nine, 12. Day. Hey. hey. Okay. This is much more dramatic for me as the person who can see the dice. That's that's probably true. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Text Expander from our friends at Smile. Do you ever type the same things over and over again? Whether it's customer support answers, sales emails, or document edits, typing things repetitively or using copy and paste can be a burden. It can lead to mistakes. And that's where Text Expander comes in. With Text Expander, you and your team can keep your message consistent, save time, and be more productive, and be accurate every time. The way we work is changing rapidly. So make work happen wherever you are by saying more in less time and with less effort with Text Expander. I have all sorts of things in Text Expander. Some of the most common ones for me are sharing URLs with people, of course, a ton of date and time stuff, so I can timestamp. Any file, anywhere, just with a couple of keystrokes. And it really makes me much faster when I'm sitting down to do work. I couldn't imagine using my Mac without Text Expander at this point. As a listener of Connected, you can get 20% off your first year by visiting textexpander.com slash podcast. 
to learn more about Text Expander. That's TextExpander.com slash podcast. Our thanks to Text Expander from Smile for their support of the show and Relay FM. Let me give you my good luck. So after you roll this, it's going to be an 11. Okay? Go. All right. Well, I already rolled a 12. So the next roll. The next one. Go. Wait, you want me to roll it now? Oh, because we already did 12. Didn't yeah, we, we yeah, did 12. Okay. Yeah. This one. Three. I'm sorry. I'm out of luck. <laughs> Four. I'm sorry. I tried. One. Five. This is all James Thompson's fault. This app is whack. Nine. <laughs> it's James. <laughs> wow. This, this is not how Eleven. numbers work. Eleven. Eleven. Ah, okay. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform to build your online presence and to run your business. From websites and online stores to marketing tools and analytics, Squarespace has got you covered with all the tools you need to make your home online and to make your ideas a reality. They combine cutting-edge design and world-class engineering with professionally designed templates. They use drag-and-drop tools for customization. It's so great. You can change where things are, drag stuff in from your desktop. It's all extremely easy, but also very powerful because you can customize the look and feel of everything, your settings, the products you have on sale, all with just a few clicks. And of course, Squarespace sites are optimized for mobile. Your content automatically adjusts so it looks great on any device. You'll get free unloaded hosting, top-of-the-line security, and dependable resources to help you succeed. With Squarespace, you can turn your big idea into a new website. You can showcase your work with their incredible portfolio designs, promote your business, announce events, and so much more. I love building sites on Squarespace. It is always the first place I turn when I'm helping somebody get something up and running, and it should be yours too. So head to squarespace.com connected for a free trial with no credit card required. And when you're ready to launch, use the offer code CONNECTED to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com CONNECTED. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code CONNECTED to get 10% off your first purchase and to show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of CONNECTED and all of Relay FM. All right, we're looking for a number 10 now. That's right. Eight. Six. <laughs> four. No, hold on. Next one. Eleven. Ah. Ah. Five. <laughs> nope. One. Nope. One. Uh, hold on a second. Two. Hold on a second. Hold on a yeah. second. Yeah. Roll a dice. Okay. Oh, but it's gonna be a. So it's not gonna be the twelve. The, the, the yeah. There you 12. go. See. Yeah. Uh, okay. Eight. Eight. <laughs> this is the worst. <laughs> this is the worst game of bingo Two. I've ever played. This is terrible. <laughs> Eight. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> oh, we're literally just sitting Twelve. here lis- listening to numbers from an app Three. made in Scotland. <laughs> Six. This is terrible. Six. This is not a good podcast. Eleven. Well, but the, I guess this is the interesting part is now everybody really wants to hear that ad. Mm-hmm. Right? Because then it means that we can get out of this purgatory that we found like ourselves in. It's us on. against the computer and James Thompson. So. 12. <sighs> 2. Oh my god. I think the anxiety arises here. 6. <sighs> 1. Oh my god. <laughs> 9. No! <laughs> 1. 
Oh! Seven. Is James disabled ten to troll us? Ten. Ten! ten! There it is! Ten! Yes! Oh. <laughs> Advertisement. Okay. <laughs> Come on! <laughs> I've never been more excited to say this episode of Connected is brought to you by our friends at Clean My Mac X. You should be able to rely on your computer. It should be in good enough shape to get you to where you need to go. It should be fast and organized and work like a dream. But that's not always the case. And if you're a Mac user, you should check out Clean My Mac X from MacPaw. They're diligent Mac developers, and many of us in the Mac community trust them a whole lot. And they have a really cool Mac collection if you needed another reason to love MacPaw. Clean My Mac X is an ideal decluttering app for the Mac. It includes 49 tools to find and delete invisible computer junk. It helps you tune up your Mac so it runs at maximum speed. You can use it to organize disk space, showing you large hidden folders or folders you may have forgotten about. And it can free up tons of space so you never run into pesky storage issues again. It also fights Mac-specific malware and adware and protects your computer. It's notarized by Apple. So it's been checked for security by Apple, and it really stands out in design. It is a beautiful application. It makes such a difference when an app is an enjoyable place to be, a beautiful app to use. And with Clean My Mac X, you'll always be discovering new ways to optimize your Mac. So get Clean My Mac X today with 5% off at macpaw.app slash connected. This discount is only valid for two weeks. macpaw.app slash connected for 5% off. Our thanks to Clean My Mac X for their support of Connected and all of Relay FM. I think that does it. I think we're done. Doesn't the episode just have to immediately end now because you didn't actually put a dice roll to the final segment? How does that oh, work? that's true. I guess not because we didn't put a dice roll to your intro of this thing either. Well, that was so before this was well, introduced, you know. Uh, maybe... We can roll the dice until the numbers three, six, six individually come out, which would be the episode number. And that means we're done with episode 366. But that's a terrible idea because I also got to make dinner. I could just roll the six-sided dice. Five. <laughs> no. Five. No, no, stop, stop. Three. Six. Okay. Four. Oh. No. Seven. Oh. I pressed the wrong button there. One. One. Two. Six. <laughs> Wrap it up. We're if you done. want to find links to the stuff we spoke about, they're in the show notes at relay.fm slash connected slash 366. While you're on the website, you can send this email uh, with feedback or follow-up. You can also join and get Connected Pro, which is a longer ad-free version of the show each and every week. Not sure how I'm going to do that this week. Does it even matter this week? I guess week? I'll figure it out. <laughs> Does it even matter? <laughs> oh, man. It's actually probably worse because you have to just listen to the dice rolls and then nothing happens. Yeah, you've, accident you've accidentally destroyed your business for the japes. So, mad respect to you, Stephen. Uh, yeah, I hope you're I happy did. with yourself, Stephen. <laughs> We're not going to get paid for the ads and no one's going <laughs> to sign up for the ad-free version. You did it for the japes and we salute you, Stephen. Well done. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you all. Uh, you can find us all online. Federico is on Twitter at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, -C -C -I, and he's the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. 
Federico, what's going on at Mac Stories? I'm working on shortcuts. I'm working on focus modes. And we are in the early, not so early actually, I would say maybe mid-tier planning stages for the Mac Stories Selects Awards. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Those are coming Trophies, up. Trophies, baby. Trophies, and those are coming up. And so it's uh, we're, we're now going through all the apps and updates that have come out in 2021 so far, and um, decisions will be made in the near future. So we'll see. It should be fun. Okay. That's awesome. You can find uh, you can find Mike on Twitter as imike i m y k e. Mike's on a bunch of other shows here on Relay FM. He does the Friday Keyboard Club over on Twitch. Anything else, Mike? Not for the next couple of weeks. Uh, you can go to cortexmerch.com uh, and buy yourself a journal or a notebook. Wow, we had to listen to you talk about calendars for like two months. That's true. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you literally did a Kickstarter for calendars. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, at least he's got an actual company. You're just <laughs> making, wow. You're just, you're just making, well, look, you're just your, making your calendars in your office. Company, yeah. You <laughs> know, <Yeah. laughs> the Calax Co. You should call. You should call your company. You should call your calendar company Calax. I bought a Calax a today. Cal like calendar. Yeah. Like, oh. Ax. Calax. Well, you can find me online. I'm on Twitter as ISMH. I write over at five twelve pixels net. Oh, there's a bunch of other shows here on Relay FM. I'd like to thank our sponsors. I really would like to thank them. They're just the best. Please support the sponsors. <laughs> go to the websites. Please go there. <laughs> Please don't tell them we did this. They are Clean My Mac X, Squarespace, and Smile. Uh, thank you to our members and gentlemen. Until next week, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all. I absolutely adore that the ads are part of this. <laughs> <laughs>